You're listening to Team Talk on ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team. Sam Hauser, RJ Lee's Team Talk, ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team, going out to Dodger baseball here about a half hour from now. Dodgers opening up a three game weekend series at Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City, take on the Royals and. Time to talk a little Dodgers. Joining us now on the Daniels Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Cool Take Hotline is our friend Blake Harris. He writes the Thinking Blue with Blake Harris Substack. Go subscribe to that. If, if you want to know what's going on day-to-day with the Dodgers, that is the place to go. And he's with us here on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. So the latest one that comes in today, Blake, the headline reads, Oh, hi, Dodgers offense. Of course, we saw plenty of that against the Rockies. What was your biggest takeaway from what we saw uh, the Dodgers putting up all those runs against the Rockies? Yeah, usually when your offense is struggling in baseball, there's no better place to go than Coors Field, at least if you're a hitter. Yeah, I read about this in the article, the fact that pretty much over the last couple of weeks, this Dodgers offense, they were averaging only three runs a game, and this was a huge slump because prior to the stretch, they were the best offense in all of baseball, but they were really struggling. It was pretty much everyone kind of going through little slumps, but they go to Coors Field, they score 27 runs over a three-game stretch. Essentially, everyone over the last three games had themselves quite the performance, so hopefully a series like that. I know, obviously, Coors Field is a different element, but hopefully a lot of these Dodgers players that were struggling they saw a couple balls go over the fence. They saw a couple of these hits drop, and hopefully it helps their confidence while we're going to Kansas City. The face of Kansas City pitching staff, it's one of the worst in all of baseball. So this offense can really carry some serious momentum uh, for this weekend series. Part of that offense, and I just want to—I just want to get a gauge for for how you feel about this one because I have some mixed emotions about this one. We got the news: Mookie Betts going to be in the home run derby. It's going to be a lot of fun to see. I mean, we know there's some risk involved when guys play in the home run derby, but but uh, just you know, curious how you feel about Mookie participating in the home run derby for All Star Weekend in Seattle coming up. Personally, I wish he would have done this last year, you know, when it was actually at Dodger Stadium. He could have done it in front of his home fans, but this sounds like something he's always wanted to do. And it's always cool in the home run derby when you see the superstars they perform. I mean, so far it's looking like a really stacked lineup. And I know there are a lot of different theories as to if you participate in the home run derby, does it impact your swing a little? I know there's been cases where guys completely they do a 180 in their season the bad way, but there have been some cases recently where guys actually improve on their numbers and they turn things around in the second half. So I think Mookie Betts, I think he's going to be just fine. I mean, he's a superstar. He's paid superstar money. So I don't think Dodgers fans or anyone should be too concerned that him being in the home run derby might change his swing just a little. But uh, if he has no home runs after the first month of the season or after the first month of the All-Star break, forget I said any of this. And uh, that's we'll right. say that it wasn't for the right choice. <laughs> that, that, that's right. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back to that one later on. Like you said, 35 home runs last year. Has there been any any significant changes? I mean, has there been more of a point of emphasis for him to try to hit home runs? I mean, obviously, everybody in baseball wants to hit home runs now. It's, it's what the game has become. Is he just a part of that, or, is, or what's been going on with Mookie? Yeah, there haven't really been necessarily any swing changes that I know he's talked about publicly. There was actually something he did mention, I think it was like a couple of months ago, and I'm sure a lot of people remember a couple of seasons ago, he had a vegan diet, you know, he wasn't eating any meat, and there was kind of this ongoing gag about how Mookie needs to eat a cheeseburger because the power just isn't there. Well, he put on some muscle during the last couple of off-seasons, he's no longer a vegan, and now all of a sudden he's sitting 35 homers a year. I think he's on pace for maybe 40 home runs this season. So is there any correlation to him uh, starting to eat again? I'm not entirely sure. But, yeah, based on what I've been hearing and 
again, maybe he's talked, you know, some secret things between some other guys. I don't think really, for the most part, anything mechanical or any swing change is just maybe uh, all it was was his diet. We're talking to Blake Harris here on Team Talk ESPN Radio 1017. The team writes his, uh, his sub stack, Thinking Blue, with Blake Harris. Give us some injury updates, if you would. I know there's, you know, we're still waiting on Julio Rios. We're still waiting on a few pitchers. Obviously, Chris Taylor just went on the injured list. W- what are you hearing as far as uh, if if anybody might be able to rejoin the team in Kansas City this weekend? Yeah, so it sounds like as of right now, the plan is for the Dodgers to activate Julio Urias for his start tomorrow. Now, there is potential rain, I guess, for tonight's game. They might do a doubleheader tomorrow, so if that's the case, I don't know if they would still go with Julio. Maybe they push him back a day, but Julio's going to be back this weekend. And another key piece the Dodgers are getting back, and I honestly think this is as good of an addition as if you're adding someone at the trade deadline, they're going to be getting Daniel Hudson back. I know a lot of Dodgers fans might not even remember Daniel Hudson because he last pitched, I believe, the first week of June last year towards ACL. The Dodgers brought him back. This is a huge addition for this Dodgers bullpen. I mean, this is a guy that has World Series experience, playoff experience, and he was really good for the Dodgers in the two months that he pitched for them last year. So they'll be getting him back if the game happens tonight. If not, he'll get that. He'll be back tomorrow. And Chris Taylor sounds like pretty much for the most part he'll be back within the next one or two weeks. I think the Dodgers are just being extra cautious with him. I think if October baseball was happening right now, he'd probably be playing. But with a couple months left in the season, better safe than sorry. So he should be back right around before the All-Star break. Is it the same case with Clayton Kershaw? Because I mean, it's such a shame how well he's been pitching this year at, at 35 years old. And now anytime there's anything with Clayton Kershaw, you're going to get Dodger fans that give a little, you know, oh, here we go again. Is it one of those same things, too, that if it was October, he'd be fine? Yeah, I think this is one of the things where if tomorrow was game one of the NLDS, I think Clayton Kershaw would be going. And they pretty much said, you know, as of right now, they expect him to start on Monday for the Dodgers. They're just being extra cautious. I think he had a little bit of a shoulder thing that uh, happened. Luckily, it wasn't his back, you know, the issue that's caused him to miss plenty of time over the last couple of years. So, yeah, I, I think for the most part, he's good to go. But like I mentioned, with the All-Star break just a couple of weeks away, I think it'd be smart for the Dodgers if this is any sort of nagging injury. Just give him a couple extra days rest, you know, and that way he has two weeks off and then he comes back from the All-Star break fully healthy because this is a guy that the Dodgers absolutely cannot afford to lose. It's great that they have Julio coming back, but, you know, when Julio got hurt, he was kind of struggling. So Kershaw has been the Dodgers' best pitcher. So, yeah, if they want to put him on the shelf for a couple weeks to make sure he doesn't aggravate the shoulder injury that much more, I got no problem with it. I kind of have a feeling that might be the direction the Dodgers end up taking with him. So we're sitting now going into this Kansas City series, Dodgers 10 games over five hundred. which if you would have told me that a month or so ago, I mean, given that the injury list is just a revolving door, I mean, it speaks to the, the championship pedigree of this team. It, is there a way even to give this team a grade through the first half of the season, Blake, or is it really just an incomplete because we, we've, we've hardly seen the full healthy lineup be together at the same time? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question because I know Dodgers fans, you know, we've come to expect them to be a first-place team every single season. And obviously, there are a few games behind the Diamondbacks, one of the more surprising teams in all of baseball. And, you know, because the Dodgers aren't in first place, Dodgers fans might think it's a disappointing first half. But like you said, you know, 10 games over, they're on pace to win, I think, 95 to 100 games. And they've essentially had all of their pitching staff on the I.L. at some point this year. So given all the players they lost this offseason, all the players that have been on the injured list, I'd probably give the Dodgers like an A-minus, B-plus, 
just because I think there have been stretches where they haven't played up to their potential. But, yeah, if, if you would have laid all these things out at the start of the season and then told me, what do you think the record's going to be at the trade deadline or at the All-Star break? I'd say probably a few games above 500. Definitely not the second or third best team in the National League. What do you make of, of what we're seeing right now? I mean, there's been a lot of stories now about San Diego, and it seems like things with the Padres are just completely falling apart. You had Joe Musgrove uh, use the, the phrase horse manure to describe what's going on with this team right now. I, I mean, certainly Dodger fans are not going to feel sorry for, for San Diego, but just, I mean, what do you make of, 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 the, col- of the first half collapse for a team that finally felt like it was at the point of, of winning? I mean, it speaks to what the Dodgers have done for the last you know decade plus of sustaining winning of how hard that is to do, Blake. I, I think it just makes you appreciate the Dodgers even more this season that they're as good as they've been because this is a Padres team that spent like no other this offseason. I think they might have the second highest payroll or third highest payroll in all of baseball. And you were thinking last year after you know they made it to the NLCS, all the additions they made, this should be a World Series favorite. And yeah, they have completely just collapsed so far this year. I Honestly, I, I don't understand how. Like, I wish I there's a clear answer as to why the Padres have been so bad, but it just goes to show, in baseball especially, it doesn't matter how much money you throw at a certain team, how much money you give to certain players. At the end of the day, it's what kind of guys do you have on your 26-man roster? How can they contribute in their own different rate, ways? And I guess the Padres, they got a couple of superstars that they thought would be playing up to the superstar level, but the other guys on the 26-man roster haven't necessarily filled that void, whereas with the Dodgers, Obviously, you got Mookie Betts. Obviously, you have Freddie Freeman. But you guys, you have guys just everywhere, top to bottom, in their lineup, in their starting rotation, in their bullpen, that aren't necessarily household names, guys that aren't getting paid a whole lot. They've stepped up for the Dodgers this season, something the Padres just haven't gotten at this point uh, through you know, the first 81 games this year. We mentioned the home runs for Mookie, 21, or 20 home runs, excuse me. He got the 20th home run in the series with the Rockies. Right behind him, J.D. Martinez, 19 home runs, and he's played 13 fewer games than Mookie. Is this something that, that we saw coming when the Dodgers made this move to bring in J.D. Martinez at this point in his career? I think the Dodgers were hopeful that they would probably get a much better J.D. Martinez than he's been the last couple of years. And the last couple of years for the Red Sox, he's been a good player. Not like the player he was years and years ago when you know he was hitting four home runs a game and was getting MVP votes. But I think the Dodgers were hopeful that he would be a little better than last year. What he's been this year has been, and I keep saying it, the biggest signing of the entire offseason because the production he's given the Dodgers is production that guys getting thirty, thirty-five million dollars a year. You know the production they'd be getting, and he's only making ten million dollars. JD Martinez, like you said, has just I think one fewer home run than Mookie Betts. And, he missed, I think, two and a half, three weeks in the middle of the season. So, had he not missed that three-week stretch, he might be leading the National League in home runs and RBIs. I mean, he is really having a career year. The numbers he's made, he's put up through the first 65 games are pretty much on par with the numbers he put up when he was receiving MVP votes. So, the Dodgers, I don't know where this team would be without him because he has added so much offense, hitting behind Mookie, heading behind Freddie. And again, I know those two guys get a lot of credit, but... I really think J.D. Martinez has been kind of the MVP so far until this point of that Dodgers lineup. Blake, always good to talk to you, sir. Thanks so much for the time. Hey, I appreciate it as always, guys. Good to talk to you. Yeah, no, appreciate you. That's uh, Blake Harris again joining us here on Team Talk ESPN Radio 1017. The team you can sub- subscribe to his sub stack, Thinking Blue with Blake Harris' stu- his sub stack. 
knows the Dodgers about as well as anybody and always gives us some really good information around here. Appreciate his time on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. And Dodgers baseball is coming up for you here in about 20 minutes. We'll go out to Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City. Some interleague baseball between the Dodgers and the Royals, although we will keep an eye on that weather certainly now as well. You know, hearing that there might be some weather in Kansas City, we'll keep an eye on that for you. But we'll at least uh, check in with everybody with the Dodgers Audio Network here in about 20 minutes. But still much more to get to. As we wrap things up for the week here, Team Talk, I'm Sam Hauser. He's RJ Lees, TSPN Radio 1017, the team.